Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I got completely messed up in the worship. We're shaking, rocking and rolling. The head mic was going flying. So uh, I trust the wonderful sound guys have, yes, they're on it. They're all over it. Now, um, you shoot me with a tranquilizer dart after 20 minutes. Is that what happens? Okay, good. You might actually have to do that because I'm going to try and keep to time. But I suddenly go down, you know what happened. Um, Thank you so much to John and Alice and Sarah and the team for their warm welcome and your warm welcome. Uh, One of my favorite things is when people, as I'm out and about, mention coastline and immediately from my gut comes this cry of, we love coastline! And it's just always such a pleasure to be able to brag on you guys and just say, what a wonderful church. We love coastline. So thank you for the invite. It's very brave uh, always to invite me to come. You don't quite know what I'm going to say. Often I don't know what I'm going to say. So uh, we'll have fun time together. But um, John did say I would be free to bring a prophetic message for the church. Uh, He also said that you had a Vision Sunday recently, and uh, I could go back and watch the vision that he'd presented before I came, if I wanted to. At which point, like all good prophets, I said, no, thank you. Sorry, Bob. We do not read or watch the previous intel. We have to go straight to the boss and hear what he's saying. So the things that God's given me to share this morning, I received directly from him and was not influenced by your glorious leadership team. I have since, however, submitted them to your leadership team and they've given me their feedback. So I'll make a few comments on that later on. So the first thing that I heard God say for Coastline Vineyard is I heard God say, what I like about you is that you know how to celebrate. Coastline Vineyard, there was such a wealth of love and favor coming from heaven towards you. And it made me think of the prodigal son story in Luke 15. We're just going to have a look at a couple of the passages here. The first passage verses 22 to 24. But the father said to the servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. This is when the prodigal son returns. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. But there was another response, verses 28 to 30. The older son became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and I've never disobeyed your orders, yet you've never even given me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. That's the elder brother attitude. And I heard God say over the church, Coastline Vineyard, what I like about you is that you know how to celebrate 
and you do not have the older brother syndrome. I have too many older brothers in my kingdom. They resent their little brothers who they perceive as getting a better deal than them. You don't have a trace of poor me in you. And so says God, I celebrate you. Take my robe, my ring, and my party and know that my right hand of favor is on you. So that's a good start, right? Just want to mention a couple of things. This long robe of distinction that the father in the parable gave to the prodigal son sort of has echoes of Joseph receiving the coat from Pharaoh, actually, for Genesis 41, 41. Pharaoh said to Joseph when he came out of the prison, as he became one of the greatest men in the kingdom, Pharaoh said to him, I put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. So this robe that God put onto the prodigal son, onto the church that Joseph received, denotes authority to govern. And the signet ring of authority also has echoes of Esther. Esther 8 verse 2, the king took off his signet ring, which he had reclaimed from Haman, and presented it to Mordecai. And Esther appointed him over Haman's estate. Now write another decree in the king's name on behalf of the Jews, as seems best to you, and seal it with the king's signet ring. For no document written in the king's name and sealed with his ring can be revoked. This ring represents legislative power. It represents the favor of the king. It's his word and no one else can overturn it. It's like God's giving you his credit card. Here, take this. Buy whatever you want. It's quite something. Coastline, God has given you authority to influence BCP. He's put the robe of authority on you. He's given you his rings. He's put shoes on your feet. You're not slaves. You're sons. And this is the era of Psalm 2, the fear of the Lord, recognizing God on his throne, understanding governmental authority, knowing that you are the ecclesia, the legislative power of God in Bournemouth Pool and Christchurch. You legislate by what you pray and what you say, and the favor of God is on you to influence the town. There's a lot more I could say about that. I'm very scared about the dart that's coming my way. <clears throat> this is the second part of uh, the message. And I felt like that God was saying, it's a time of scattering and a time of gathering. Ecclesiastes 1.1, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. And this is what I heard God said. I heard him say, the times demand a multiplication. And I have put on John the multiplication anointing. 
What you've been experiencing is a powerful time of addition. But now God is upgrading John from addition to multiplication. This is the season of the multiplier, and he knows how to multiply. There is a gathering anointing on John and on coastline, and this will cause great expansion, which will bring with it the constant dilemma of how to get everyone together. I don't see the ultimate solution as being to create mini churches or segregated gatherings, but you are actually more, I believe, in the mega church model. This may be cutting against every trend and piece of advice you've ever been given, but for you, I felt very strongly this is the desire of the Lord, that he is glorified by you multiplying and getting bigger and bigger as a congregation. I also see the football stadium, and I believe you're heading towards football stadium events. Uh, God will give John a similar grace, and this is quite something that he gave to Moses to lead a large body of people. I'm just going to say that again because I want you to just really understand the weight of what God is releasing here. God will give John a similar grace that he gave to Moses to lead a large body of people. Moses had to lead two to three million people. John, God will give you right-hand men and women who have the grace to do that with you and who will lift up your arms in the battle so you won't grow weary. I believe God is bringing high-level intercessors and spiritual warfare experts who know how to support you in the spirit as well as strategic apostolic people who know how to build infrastructure for enormous and sudden growth. He's already hand-picked a Joshua for you he will successfully carry on the work when you're called to hand it over. I feel that the anointing is on John in this region and in this land and that the Lord is giving him this anointing of multiplying because of the times and because of the place. God wants Bournemouth. God will have Bournemouth. There is a mandate on this land, on this town, for the glory of God. And we are not going to lean out of that, but we're going to lean into it together as a church and as churches together. This is the time of the city, the region, and the south coast anointing. And John, you'll learn to fight your battles here and to take the land. And this will give you greater authority in the national realm when it's time to take up that mantle. I heard the Lord say this, this is not the time for the segregation of the congregation. This is the time for the expansion of the togetherness of the congregation. You're going to have the problem of finding a bigger building because of the importance of continuing to bring everyone together to worship Jesus. I feel like the obvious answer to having more people is to divide your meetings, have segregated meetings, and even to segregate putting people into types. The students meet this time, the older people meet now, the families meet now. But I heard the Lord say, I have not called you to be a people who meet 
in separate rooms at separate times, but the anointing is on you and you come together as a family with all your differences and distinctions. So that was the heart of the prophecy that God gave me. There is a little bit more that I have submitted to John and Sarah, but I just wanted to take a couple of minutes to unpack that. So I sent that prophecy over to John and Sarah earlier in the week, and I had since had a conversation with John about it. And so just a couple of things to clarify. Um, Segregation, what is segregation? To segregate is to set apart from the rest or from each other, to isolate or divide, and to treat differently based on their characteristics. So the thing that I felt God was warning against was splitting you into separate sections that didn't come together as family. Now, obviously, during the week, you might have a youth meeting, you might have a student's meeting, you might have a family thing. There's nothing, there's no problem with that. But what I felt God was saying is that the anointing, the gathering, is on the family coming together. So I know from John that that's exactly his heart, that when you have the separate services, it will be a mixture of people. It will be the family together, not a distinct group of people separated from the others. I think the clearest thing that God was saying to me is this is not a campus model. And that was a surprise to me as I was praying because I would have expected him to say, growth, yes, plant out multiple churches. That's how we generally do it these days. That was actually what I was expecting God to say. So I was a little bit surprised when he said, this is not a campus model, this is a megachurch model. It's like, wow, God, okay. It's always good when God surprises you. You have some inclination, it's probably him and not you. So I don't believe that God is saying to split the church into meeting separately in separate buildings in that campus model. There's something on you to just keep meeting together as family that is really important to God. And I believe that you gathering in large numbers just brings him glory. It's like he just wants to show off just wants to say, look, look at my people who worship me. So I believe that the plan for multiple services is part of the multiplication. I mean, it's in the name. Multiply, multiply, multiply. It's one of the strategies of multiplication. So how do you receive a prophecy? What? Thanks, Tim. Uh, Tim's chuckling. Loved him. Um, First you weigh it, and then you pray it. The New Testament is clear that new covenant prophets are not infallible. We see in part. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. And others must weigh and test our words. Yes, you get to be a part of the process. You get to weigh it up. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. How do we weigh prophecy? Four quick questions. Does it line up with Scripture? 
Does it have the same heartbeat, the same purpose, the same uh, heart of God in the, in the prophecy? What fruit does it create in your spirit? Joy, peace, hope. That would be a sign that it's from the Holy Spirit. Does it line up with other things that God is saying to you? Does it line up with what your leadership presented to you in their vision? Does it line up with scripture, with dreams, with visions, with the counsel of godly people? And if there's an element of prediction, does it come true? You know, Jesus had words of knowledge that revealed the past. Sometimes when you prophesy, it will reveal something that happened in the past to the woman at the well. Nathaniel, he knew where Nathaniel had been sitting before. So those are just a quick run-through of how to weigh a prophecy. How to work with prophecy. I want you to pray it and say it if you have weighed it. Very interesting verse in 1 Timothy 1. Uh, This is a command from Paul to his spiritual son, Timothy. Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, the prophecies, you may fight the battle well, holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. Fight the good fight. You know we're in a spiritual battle. You know that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And one of our weapons is to take hold of the prophecy and to hold on to it, to pray it, and to wield it, to speak it out. So we're not passively just going, oh, that's nice. God likes coastline. He's quite fond of John, wants to do some great stuff. I'm going home for my roast potatoes. But you go, yes, come on, intercessors. Like you saying, yes, we receive that anointing for multiplication. Yes, we receive the gathering anointing. Yes, we declare it is a time to gather. We receive the family of God. We believe in the harvest. God is going to do a work in this building, in this place, in this church. He's going to expand the kingdom of God through salvation, signs, and wonders. We are in the purposes of God. God's hand of favor is upon us. We have authority to rule and reign in BCP. We bless John as an anointed leader of God who carries the mantle of Moses to lead a large number of people. Father, we ask you for the large number of people. Father, we call in the crowds. Father, we call in those who are destined for salvation in this place. Father, we ask that you would expand this church for the glory of God. We receive the full purposes of God for John and Alice, for Sarah, for Coastline Vineyard. God, we say yes to your promise and your invitation, and we will see it. And when you see John, you say, hello, Moses, how's that anointing of multiplication? And when you see John, you go, you're not into addition, you're into multiplication. And you just keep calling it out. We agree with God. There's a partnership that's involved. Do you think the enemy is pleased with this prophetic word? Do you think the enemy is pleased with how much God likes coastline? What do you think he might do? 
So are you going to let him? Or are you going to grab hold of this and go, wowza, a megachurch in Bournemouth, hello. That's something. And exercise your faith to lean into this. And guys, can I ask you to pray for John and Alice and Sarah and the leadership team? Because that is not a mantle that falls lightly. And that is not a mantle that falls without contention around it. So bless his socks off. Agree with it. Speak it out. Don't moan. Don't complain. What did Moses, he was leading two, three million people through a desert. I mean, not an enviable task. I'm just going to quote this verse because I can. Hebrews 13, verse 17. I mean, I never get to speak on this at my own church. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, that that would be of no benefit to you. Guys, I want you to weigh up in your own heart how you feel about this word. What's your instant reaction? Yes! Or, uh, don't like big churches, don't want to be a part of a big church. What is God saying? That's the only question that is worth asking. Father, have you called me to be here at such a time as this, to be a part of how you want your kingdom to expand through this church. And at that point, it's no longer about your personal preference or what you like. If God has called you to be a part of this battalion, under this leader, you've got a job to do. You've got an attitude to bring of service, of leaning forward, of having their backs, of bringing your part into the multiplication. Because John's got this glorious mantle and it covers all of you. So you get to come under that gathering, multiplication, anointing. That means evangelism is going to be easier for you. That means that signs and wonders are going to be easier for you. It means that inviting friends and family is going to be easier for you. It means that feeling encouraged because the place just keeps filling and filling and filling is going to be easier for you. If you want to be under that mantle, be under it with gratitude and bless it. Come under it. Let's not be moaners and complainers. How do you pray for John? Well, Moses is often cited as an example of servant leadership. He was the most humble man on earth something to live up to. Pray for John that he would be humble. Pray for him. Humility is a beautiful thing. God resists the proud. Oof. But he is close to the humble. Pray for John that he would have humility and grace. Moses was willing to delegate to other faithful leaders. His father-in-law gave him that good piece of advice to share the leadership. So John needs other faithful leaders to carry the burden. Pray for your leaders. Be one of them. 
be faithful, bless him with the ability to delegate. And Moses did signs and wonders. Lots of signs and wonders, water out of the rock. So bless John to walk in a greater anointing of signs and wonders, just wonderful heritage you've got from John Wimber and the vineyard movement. And it's not just for John, but you know, God believes in leadership. And you're very blessed to have a leadership that has got this mantle upon him. So just remember that you are part of that and you get to be a part of it and God has a place for you. But we just want to also honor Sarah and John and Alice and the leadership team here.